the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rachel, and I'm here joined with, that was not a sentence, I'm uh, I'm joined with Katie. That's me. Uh, Nick. Howdy, howdy. And Peter. We are one. That was <gasps> Are I'm sorry. Okay? I mean, hi, how's it going? That's me. I'm Peter. I have not just been merged into one conglomerate human. You you haven't just become Peter Dan? That's right. I'm not I'm not merged with Dan, who is unfortunately busy caring for his luxurious beard. I thought he was a, a hunting dinner. Right, hunting for his dinner. luxurious hunting beard. Dinner. Oh my god. <laughs> I would love to see him out there with like a, a Bowie knife and a crossbow or something. Oh my gosh. Yes, this beard must eat. <laughs> That's so hardcore. Can he wear a loincloth in this fantasy? I'm pretty sure he does. I, I think he already exclusively wears loincloths. Yes. Nice. And he's not here to defend himself, so. <laughs> Judging by his beard, I don't think he needs to wear a shirt anyways. No, no. <laughs> I heard he hunts just by lying still until a squirrel or other curious woodland creature touches his beard and then it devours it. Like a Venus flytrap? It just. God. Yeah, kind of like I... a Venus flytrap, but more beard like. Right. I was thinking of that terrible movie. I've never watched this movie, but I've only heard of it. It's called Teeth or something. Yeah, Vagina Dentata, everybody. Right. Oh, that right. one. Yes. <laughs> Very excited to be a part of this podcast. <laughs> Can we all just take turns shouting vagina? Vagina! I went first. I said, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, but I will shout today's theme. <laughs> Go ahead. Fantasy, fantasy, uh, not fantasy. I can't speak. Fairy tale, tale or tellings. Fairy tale retellings. You didn't yell it though. My voice hurts. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I'd rather have a voice for the rest of this podcast. No, that does seem logical. <laughs> right, so fairy so tale what, retellings. Yeah, what are what is there to say about fairy tale retellings? And they're besides right. that, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, they're they're hot right now. A lot of uh, it's the current trend in literature. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I've seen great. A few, I've seen a few popping up on like Audible. Um, um, Akatar is a by Sarah Jemass is a fair, uh, fairy tale retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, there's a Disney Twisted Tales, which is telling, uh, like twisting. Uh, they're twisting classic Disney stories from. Um, I don't remember what the gimmick is. I think it's maybe it's like the villain wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they have those Descendants things. That yeah, are also well, based on Disney, which they they made movies for, and now they're coming out with books for them too. That first one you mentioned, the Twisted Tales, is that endorsed by Disney? I believe so. I think it's from Hyperion, which is a publishing company owned by Disney. Huh. Um, and then you have. Uh, there was a new book called Malice, which is a sapphic retelling of. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, which is also an, or- an origin story for Melissa Finn. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so there are 11 of these Twisted Tale books published since 2015. The covers look all, really... Yeah. yeah. The, co- the covers look pretty, though. Oh, yeah, though these are nice covers. I don't know any... I haven't read them, but they're all, you know, what-ifs. What if Aladdin yeah. didn't find the lamp and... Jafar got it. What if the Sleeping Beauty didn't wake up? What if Belle's mother cured, cursed the beast? Belle's mother cursed the beast? I don't know what that means. Um, yeah. I think yeah. So, there's a few of them at my library. I'm tempted to pick them up, but I'm worried they read too young for me. Yeah, so now I'm, I mean, I'm curious how, how old they're aimed at. Well, I mean, one of them has almost 500 pages, just looking at the uh, Peter Pan one off the bat. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how young I would aim a 500 page book. Yeah. Um, on Amazon, it just says children's folk tales and myths, teen and young adult fantasy, teen and young adult fairy tale. So it doesn't actually give an age. 
Oh, never mind. I'm... It's right there. Uh, 12 to 18 years, it says. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I think it'll be the older side of young adult, probably 16 up. Yeah. Uh, what if but... Anna and Elsa never knew each other? The subject of conceal, don't feel. Admittedly, I've been very tempted to pick them up in the library, but again, I, I fear that they would be a little too young because some of the scenarios kind of interest me. And they're also very pretty covers. Yeah, the covers are very pretty. Um, so what other experiences do we have with um, with this genre? So Because it's not new. Um, you know, it may be a trend right now, but I've I remember reading a book of... Uh, you know, alternate alternative fairy tales or fairy tale reimaginings when I was, I don't know, in my, my middle teens or earlier. Um, yeah. um, so. I remember reading uh, a, like a reimagining on the Grimm, like the Grimm brothers, but it is the Grimm sisters going on adventures. That's the one that's coming to mind. I I'm very bad at picking up metaphors in books, so I don't. If it, it didn't explicitly call me, it's a metaphor or it's a um, retelling. I'll be like, I don't know. I remember in like elementary school reading Ella Enchanted, which is kind of just Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I feel I thought Ella Enchanted was more taking the tropes and subverting them in a retelling. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I think it still counts. Yeah, because then she goes to the ball masked, and she gives a fake name when asked what it is, and this I is mean, all just shit I'm remembering from like 15 fucking years ago, guys. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the obvious question, and it has a fairly obvious answer, is why bother retelling these stories that are have already been told over and over again. It's it's familiar, so it's accessibility and right. like, provides a, a new stage, so you can do some fun things with tropes, or you just perfect perfect tropes in a familiar setting. Yada yada yada. Yeah, there's it's already an outline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's already uh, there's an absolutely an advantage to the writer to uh, to rewrite things that people are already familiar with because. You, you, there's less burden on you to explain all of that and to set all of that up. Mm -hmm. You can say, you can give a few clues that it's a Rumpelstiltskin scenario and everyone knows what you are uh, referencing and they, they automatically pick up that burden for you. Right. Yeah, it's like a shortcut at the end of the day. And so then the next question I would pose to all of you is, do you like this? Yes. In general. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to read Lost in the Neverwood by Aidan Thomas, which I believe is a Peter Tan re retelling. I don't think I've heard of that. I love Peter Pan, um, which is actually the book I read today is a Peter Pan retelling. It's a fairly, it's a young, he's, uh, the author is more young adult and mm -hmm. uh, newish, so he's more on the booktube uh, scale field. Gotcha. So yeah, within the last like year, I've read or year year and a half, mm -hmm. I've read eight retellings of oh my fairy tale retellings. Oh my god! Like, were you oh, intentionally boy. hunting them down or did no? Just, yeah, no. It just, just happened to be what it was. Yeah. Wow. Well, is Doctor Strange? Nope, not Doctor Strange. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Seuss. No, 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 no. Give me a half second. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Are we considering that a fairy tale? Because that was two of them. Hmm. It's more of a monster story, I feel like. It's interesting. Yeah, because it feels more. I mean, I think it falls more into the modern monster stories, but I can yeah. see how we might sure. call it part of a modern fairy tale collection. I, mean, I think like it, it's definitely a. It's definitely a staple in like pop culture now. Right. Yeah, people I think people like the Dracula, the, the the Frankenstein's monster. Mm -hmm. I, I think those are sort of kin to fairy like, tales in a way. Like yeah. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of style. Right. Yeah, right. sure. Do you have there's a new book series called um by Theodore Goss that's about 
like the children of these classic horror people going on adventures. Ooh. Um, I have forgot it, I've forgotten the first book's name, but it's by Theodore Goss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would I would almost argue that like what's really the difference between um, for television at least for Penny Dreadful versus Once Upon a Time, right? Like, really, what is the difference at the end of the day? It's just a cast of familiar. Um, in Penny Dreadful, you see that guy's butt. That guy He's does from... have a really nice butt. He's from Minnesota. Whoop, whoop. Oh, da- is he? Representing? Yeah. My mom um, pointed that out, and then immediately we see his butt, and I'm just like, can we want, you want to watch something else, Mom? <laughs> you, you, you don't want to watch cute Minnesotans' butts with your mom? Um, that's what happened. No. <laughs> I definitely had an experience as a kid watching Lethal Weapon. And hearing my mom comment on Mel Gibson's ass. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I'm going to, nope, moving on. Oh, look, they're shooting somebody. <laughs> um, so me and my dad were watching the first episode. What's that succubus show on that was on sci-fi? Lost Girl. Yeah, we were watching the first episode of Lost Girl. And then, then there was a very hot and heavy um, makeout scene. And I was like, nope, not watching this with my dad. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I, yep. We all, I think we all have those experiences where we just, oh, this is a movie I should have chosen not to watch with my parents. I know one of my friends watched uh, Game of Thrones with their parents. I'm like, nope, I could never. Oh my God. (laughs) All the breasts. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't think I really have a problem with it. Um, When I was really young. But like yeah. really young elementary school, my dad used to take me to like go see rated R movies in theaters, and so there were plenty of those moments where. So you're broken, is what you're saying. You are. Correct. Uh, you Correct. are a, a mentally disfigured. Correct. I mean, the first rated R movie I saw in theaters was Underworld Underworld Four. Look, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that the implication that you might not have seen the other oh, Underworld was... movies. I did. First. I watched the other ones. And the okay, only one that okay. I haven't seen is three. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm not see, that's what that you missed me. one. I'm Locking not surprised. Them out of order. <laughs> well, no, it's not a surprise. They're they're <laughs> they're just a mishmash of films. But still, still, there's a part of me that strongly wants everyone to see everything in order. See, I've missed a lot of one. I've I've watched like all series except one for a lot of movies. Like I've I have never seen Temple of Doom from. Uh, Indiana that's, that's the one that skipped. Rachel, we can't do this, Rachel. You're fired. <laughs> you can't fire her. She quits. I've I've said I've only watched like four Star Wars movies, and the first one I saw was three, or the last one of the uh, prequels. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, I was so... ready. I was going to forgive you until you said you've never seen Temple of Doom. Do you have that much love for Temple of Doom? I have that much Online. love for Indiana Jones. I mean, just, just, I'm sure Indiana Jones is fantastic, but up until the fourth movie came out, the second no, one. No, 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 there's only three. The second, mo- okay, well, up until <laughs> there, there remained only three movies, the second one was the worst Indiana Jones movie. And so, still... apart, apart from, you know, Kalima, you don't really need anything else from that film. Rachel, do you want the novelization? Because I can get you the novelization of the Temple of Doom. Um, no thank you. I'm good. Here's the thing that bothers me more is the implication that she has seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that was the first one I watched. (laughs) Oh, God. That's even, that's terrible. And then we bought... John Wick 3. And then we bought... (laughs) So do you want to hear something really funny? I do. I want this to be really funny. So we used to have a Blockbusters that had these sales that was like three for five dollars or whatever. Um... And in that box was the one, three, and four of Indiana Jones. I watched four in theaters because I was dragged to it and I didn't really care. But it's like, it's an action movie. I probably care. And then I watched one and three. That's how I, that's how I watched Indiana Jones. Rachel, you're fired. You can't fire her. She quits. We covered this already. I have my other job that I can go to. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, you were getting paid for this? (laughs) so i heard that there were retellings of fairy tales yes no 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 we're doing indiana jones now (laughs) we could do that on nostalgia plus (laughs) 
I mean, so okay. I, I, I feel like I feel like we had an interesting spot here where we where where it came up that possibly modern horror classics or possibly other sorts of modern classics like uh, Jekyll and Hyde are, you know, may have a place in the modern fairy tale niche. And I'm curious yeah. if there are any other like stories that have so like ably infiltrated the modern consciousness that I would I would yeah. say mythos mythos like um the books that oh, I like wait yeah. go ahead the book I read is a retelling of Robin Hood and like Arthurian mm. legend mm-hmm. that type of thing. yeah yeah I can see Robin Hood I when you were saying you said mythos and i was thinking mythos the like the cthulhu books and i'm like you know what that that too the cthulhu stories also feel they're not they don't necessarily have um the fairy tale structure but they they do they have like seeped into the public consciousness in that way um yeah like it's important well sorry there is um there's a book that i'm going to read this year by victor Vale that's a retelling of red hook I have not read enough Lovecraft to remember that one. I don't know it either. Okay. (laughs) I just was excited to read this book. Cool. I think it's sort of um, important also to recognize that the modern fairy tale version of those stories is obviously not the original. And the original was Mm. much darker and maybe... uh, I mean, they all still had... um, a, a, a moral lesson i think mm-hmm. uh whereas like maybe like you know cthulhu stories i don't know if there's really a moral lesson to be learned from those but uh yeah maybe i, I think it's usually something along the lines of uh you know there's knowledge we were not meant to know everyone's gonna die <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah go You're mad and suffer. <laughs> i feel like we're going into the pedantic side of what's what's a what's a fairy tale what's a folklore what's a uh, legend, what's a myth, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm a part of this podcast. We're going to get a little pedantic from time to time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've done it, guys. Because <sighs> I, I feel like the moral thing is a like def- defining feature of a fairy tale. But I think right. for this, the sake of this podcast, I think we're going to expand it farther <laughs> past the actual de- literary definition. Well, and I, well think I, I would argue point. that like. Yeah. Frankenstein's uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein does have like a moral lesson. Well, right, yeah. and I think Jekyll and Hyde also has a moral in there, or at least like a a, a mor- moral moralistic kind of implication or or statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so they may still have a place. Because uh, I feel like mine's more of a myth or a legend, and I'm still going to count it because I, it's I make the rules for my thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> You make the rules for just about everything. I'm constantly I, checking. And I'm the one that makes sure we record on time sometimes. <laughs> you are always first in the recording channel. Uh, I love anxiety. And anxiety <laughs> loves you. No, it doesn't. Why? Do, I mean, maybe sorry, it does. Sorry, I missed a word. Loves tormenting you. Forward. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm too lazy to actually Google the literary definition like a fairy tale. But yeah, let's not let's not be accurate here. Let's just say words and see if people want to listen to them. Um, I mean, we should uh, we could get a doctorate in English. I really that seems like a lot of time for that. I mean, yeah. interview somebody who has a doctorate in English. <laughs> Do you oh, have one of those okay. in your pocket? Oh, I'm the dyslexic one of this group. Um, anyways, so yeah, I the I don't know if it's fading now because I don't. I'm not that. My finger's not on the pulse of publishing right now. Uh, but fairy tales are telling is was at least was pretty popular in the um, no yeah for the, sure. Um, in the at least in the YA sphere. I think that's probably its primary space that it occupies. There's some, in, there's some in the adult uh, because people love the Fadic. I don't know that if that is... counts as, as fairy tale so much wow. as let's take a let's take a you know 
the fey folk and then make them part of our romance or whatever. The Ak- the Akatar series is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, and that apparently is a lot of fey dick. My God, that is a sentence. You just wow. I'm not lying. We, I did we don't not think expect you're lying. To do that. He just Dick wants to keep hearing it over and over again. <laughs> I never uh, thought I heard Rachel say people love the Fey Dick. It just caught me off guard. Eh, you can censor me. I'm. This is you, what happens you, when I'm. Being you really tired. won't though. I will not. <laughs> no, I think we might just rewrite the entire podcast with you saying this. Oh no. <laughs> I might, people will slander me on the internet. <laughs> and then we're going to broadcast it into, into space so that this is this is what aliens hear as they're approaching our planet. Yeah. People. Faye Dick. Faye Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Are you going to slander me to my, like, five followers on the internet? Nah, dude, you're good. Okay. <laughs> If anything, this will get you more followers. So says Katie, so say we all. Yeah, and as you said, people like the Phoenix, so if you keep talking, the people will come. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was worse. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Do do we want to just dive into our books, or is there more to say? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, we'll say whatever we think of. So, uh, as noted, we have very few um, filters at the moment. So let's just, you know, spew out our words. Uh, Rachel, I feel like you've had a, a book to talk about for a long time now, and we should. Hear Ironically, it. this is not the book I wanted to read. I wanted to read "Uprooted" by Naomi Novik, but I read instead uh, "Hood" by Stephen R. Lawhead, which is a retelling of Robin Hood. Given the name, it's a trilogy um, uh, called the Raven King, the King Raven trilogy. Uh, The first one is Hood, the second one is Scarlet, and the third one is Tuck. And it's told in the perspectives of the is it titular? Yes. Character. Um, uh, Robin Hood, Will Scarlet, and Friar Tuck. I haven't read the last, the second two in the series, but the first uh, first book in the series is the story of a Welsh prince uh, trying to gain revenge uh, um, from the people invading his kingdom. Uh, and this would fit for the R slash fantasy bingo board of revenge and revenge and hard mode as well. Sorry, I decided I'm going to do that now. Um, Best of luck to you. Oh, no, I just get every recommendation. I'm just going to say what it fits for on the bingo board. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, so I found the writing was beautiful. And uh, I like that the antagonist actually had a point of view to the story. So it was interesting to see his point of, or their point of view as the story uh, progressed. And uh, I like Robin Hobb did that. And that was interesting, particularly because her character was a sociopath. And you can see how people would like a sociopath from his eyes. Anyways, uh, in this character, uh, the characters are very fun, and I like the character development for the main character, Bran. Uh, the thing was, uh, uh, so I was a little tricked at the beginning because I thought the main character was actually going to die, and then the female character was going to become Robin Hood, but I was tricked, and I was sad. <laughs> Uh, and also, uh, this is just me being stupid. Is I can't read Welsh words, so I would have preferred the audiobook because I looked at scramble of letters, and there's too many scramble of letters for my dumb brain. Um, and uh, the actual my actual con was the first two hundred pages were very slow. So in in um. All in all, it was a very interesting Robin Hood, uh, not Robin Hood, Robin Hood <laughs> retelling, and I would recommend it to people who likes character-driven stories and uh, uh, fun character development. And what was that title and author again? Hood by Stephen R. Lawhead. Lawhead. Yeah, he also wrote a retelling of the author Missoths, which I will be covering later. Uh, later, coming up another the, uh, the Arthurian legend theme. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. 
spoilers. Mm-hmm. Any questions? Mm. No. So when did Robin Hood get put into the fairy tale category? Mm. Just, to, <laughs> just to bring it back circle. I think it's uh, fine. I think it counts. No, yeah, it's I more, do too. I just it's thought more of I a would. legend. It's, it's more of a legend, but my rules, I yeah, don't care. I'm just trying to pick fights. <laughs> right. So I mean, it counts in the same way that like the Arthurian legends could count for this category. Um, or Jekyll and Hyde or um, some other thing that I'm not thinking of at the moment. The weird thing for me, and maybe I'm alone on this, I don't know, but I don't know where the original, like, Robin Hood story comes from. I don't even know what the original story is. I just know, take from the Howard Pyle? Um, I mean... I I believe it comes from a series of plays. Really? I I looked this up a while ago, but I could be wrong. I'm looking at the internet. I guess, like, I also just, like, w- with a lot of fairy tales, like, you know the general story. I don't know the story. You know, I just know, again, like, just stealing money and giving it to poor people, right? That's the I idea. I mean, the story That's- is uh, Kevin Costner went away to war. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I think he came back or something. And then I don't had know. To fight people. Um, it looks like. The the stories have been told since the 1300s, at least. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. There are, um, there's a there's a lot of plays. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't he part. When isn't he like supposedly part of the Crusades? At least in uh, some stories, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I only know the furry version, which I, it's my favorite version. Well, it's please don't superior. call it the furry version. It's the it's the animated the animated Robin Hood. It's the yeah, it's the best version though, in my opinion. It is, although Prince of Thieves is also pretty great. I mean, it has its flaws, but still pretty great. I think I think I watched that once. I don't know. Is it the one? I'm not gonna say this on air. I'm done. I'm not gonna. I'll tell you later. Men in tights. Yes, that's, there is. That's yeah. That's the the satire of or parody that's the parody of of prince of thieves i watched oh, the parody one with very uh very always oh there was something there was a gag with bulges oh yes i didn't realize that was a parody of another movie i thought it was just a general parody story well okay maybe maybe it was you're, i think I'm you're probably right sure. it came it came out like just two years later and I can't right. imagine that movie taking longer than two years to make. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't like Men, uh, Men in Tights, but I was also very young and was not in the mood for that type of movie. It's it's quite funny with an older eye, I think. And no, I, I got the jokes. I got, I got the jokes. I just, I'm not the type of person who likes that type of humor a lot. That's fair. Yeah. She was just too mature for them already. Mm. No, it's not maturity. It's just like, I don't like fart <laughs> jokes. <laughs> And dick jokes. <laughs> what about farting dick jokes? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bro. My, fa- my favorite bit from that whole movie was that you can see an exit sign in, in like, like a, one of those red glowing exit signs like you mm. have in a building, but it's like written in a, like a fancy old script. That just cracks me up. I love stuff like that. I love like set set gags. Uh, Mel Brooks is a is a special is a special character. Yeah, isn't that the the movie where he's like, "What? Let me look at the script." Yeah, probably. Possibly. Mm. I mean, like I said, Mel Brooks, and it's uh, was it Blazing Saddles is the one where in the end everyone runs off of the set and their fight spills through the studio lot, disrupting other films. So oh, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but most things about Robin Hood is he sure he's a steal from the poor and gives to uh, not the other way around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, he's capitalism. Uh, <laughs> Robin Hood is regressive taxing. 
Yeah, that's basically the only premise that I believe has stuck through the um, his iterations, what, rather than like um, Arthur or any other um, legend, which has a set journey. He doesn't really have a journey. Yeah, he's like a character, and that's like he the character is almost bigger than the story in that way. But but I I think it's a really cool character and a. There's mm-hmm. like a lot of room to explore that character more in particular compared to a lot of the fairy tales I think that are out there. Yeah, in this in this particular one, he's Welsh and he's just trying to take back his t- kingdom from the Flemish, I think. Oh, damn or the those Franks. Flems. I don't. It's either that or I think it was like the Franks or something like that. Mm, those Frankers. <laughs> so. um... I would like to re-listen to it on audio, but I, I don't have time sometimes. But, yeah, I get that. Uh, there's a lot of Welsh words, and I only know care. Mm. I only know care. That means castle. I there see. Is a, yes. There is a dictionary with pronunciation guide, but hard to go look up things every time I want to go every every few sentences. Well, that's yes. annoying. It is. I've I've read books that were nearly unreadable because they they included the so e- many words that you needed to. What was that? Is it the a- Ian Banks book? No, I don't recall an Ian Banks book that was the one that does in phonetics. No, I don't. This doesn't ring a bell. Oh, you always complain about the book that writes that wrote its language in phonetics. I comp- uh, it, well, it wasn't Ian Banks. Uh, there's a right. There's a book that makes all the names um, uh, in, yeah, phonetically accurate to the lingual drift of English after 500 years or something like that that they My imposed. God. And yeah, um, yeah. Like, no, that there's was... nothing wrong with naming your character Josh. It's fine. Right, but if they'd done that, so. In this book, a character named Josh would have been spelled like Z H O H, you know, Z S H or something like that because the pronunciation shifted and now his name is pronounced Josh. Anyways, I can't read Welsh. I'm too dumb and too dyslexic <laughs> to care. Sometimes I apologize to Wel- uh, the Welsh, our Welsh listeners. I think even the Welsh are like, yeah, that shit's fucked up. <laughs> no, I think they get it. <laughs> I know care. It's like German. There's a lot of consonants that are in the wrong places. <laughs> the consonants are in the right places in German. What are you talking about? It's okay. My last name is German. And it has yeah. too many vowels. It has too many <laughs> vowels that people are like, what are you doing? No, I think you just don't understand. No, she doesn't understand. No, the I- language is perfect. I, I don't know my last name. I, I don't understand my last name. <laughs> I mean, I don't pronounce my last name correctly. I mean, the... I, 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 would, I would tell you, but I can't say your name on air. Yeah. It's okay. I don't pronounce my last name correctly. Meine Karte spielt nie Klavier. That's it. That, that is it. That's, that's my last name. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Robin Hood... It's a the hood's a really it's one of my friend's favorites uh, favorite Robin Hood retellings so I decided to buy it. Um, I also uh, I don't keep the physical ones just because. Uh... You're not a hoarder like me. Yeah, I don't hoard. I don't hoard books that I'm not going to reread. <laughs> I rarely buy books on a whim. I'm a very conservative on buying books. Yeah, you're the opposite of me. I've like never reread a book. <laughs> I buy lots of books. I like them. Yeah, I just like, I like having books. It makes me. I happy. like books. Yes, I, th- I do reread books though. I think, but you're all in a stage of life where you're not moving constantly. Where I am, true. I'm in a state of transition where I have to move my books, and books are heavy. <laughs> Look, your logic will not affect us. We will continue to judge you for not purchasing physical books. Tisk tisk, um, Rachel. I mean, I did. I did purchase a book because two booktubers that have the similar book taste as me absolutely loved it and gave it five stars. Nice. Great. And yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> 
What do you think I'm made of money? That's right, yes. Katie. Capitalism, remember? That's right. She's Robin Hood, everybody. I mean, I can... Nick, it's your turn. Yeah. Ah! Okay. <laughs> um, I guess because we haven't read it, uh, said it in a long... I, the book I read was Hood by Stephen uh, Lawhead. Thank you, thank you. All right. So, um, the book I read, and um, I, I would like to publicly acknowledge, I read this book many years ago. I have... Uh, re-looked at it but i'm not going to say like i really reread the whole thing <laughs> but it's uh peter and the star catchers by dave mm. barry and ridley pearson came out when i was a kid uh yeah and i loved this series a lot i couldn't get into yeah. the first book <laughs> yeah i mean that's fair it it resonated with me i think um and this later was made into a play i believe as well um by disney so but um yeah. basically it's, I've, it's... I've i've well i've seen the play oh you have yeah i i don't I, know that it was done by disney actually I, I well think the book just... was definitely made by disney oh so. really well oh, okay yeah because i believe it's hyperion is a publishing co company owned right. by disney right. i see i didn't realize uh and ridley pearson also wrote disney after dark which was a really good series that i read I I I I can't confirm this, but I think Dave Barry was really the writer of this book, and Ridley Pearson was just there to be like the Disney eyes eyes on the shoulder kind of thing. Okay. Anyways, Ridley Pearson yeah. wrote the Disney After Dark, which right. I liked. <laughs> That's wait. So does this Barry have any relation to the original J M Barry? I think it's no, no. The name is spelled differently. This is Dave Barry, the the famous columnist. Yeah, and also Jan Barry didn't have any children, and I don't think he had any living relatives. Okay, That's carry crazy. on. Because yeah, he left all his wealth to a hosp a children's hospital. But uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So, so the goal of this story, in a way, is to, I guess, it, it kind of just give an explanation for everything that is Peter Pan. Um. It and that's not to say that it, it doesn't default to, well, magic, but it, it tries to explain it a little bit more and like everything, you know, I, I guess you don't realize how much utter nonsense exists in the Peter Pan stories until you actually break it down and like they have to explain each aspect of it. Like the ability to fly, never age, Tinkerbell, the fact that his shadow can just like walk away from him. Like all of these things are just like, honestly crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what are some of the explanations then? I'm so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, in short, there is a magical substance called star stuff, right? It is, a basically like a comet that falls from the falls from space and it's like a dust. And um, it, when things come into contact with it, they float. And it has other magical properties that are less understood. And Peter, from coming in um, close contact with it for a very extended period of time, which should have killed him, turned into the person that he is now. But I do know in particular, like, the shadow thing was a separate explanation. That didn't even come in until book two. I don't remember the details of that, but... Tinkerbell was originally like a parakeet on an island that got transformed. Um, you get into uh, Captain Hook, who originally was named the Black Stash, and Peter cut his hand off, and that's when he became Hook. I don't know, I, I just... I really didn't like Peter Pan that much as a kid until after I read this story, and then I was just like kind of obsessed for like a very long time. Huh. So, and there, there's one particular like aspect of the story but by the way i should say the character or the the characters that he's with throughout the story is actually um i believe her name is molly right i think so yeah molly which is um what's the girl from the wendy wendy so this is actually wendy's mother uh so now we have the trilogy of children that peter was <laughs> with right because you have so... Wendy, you have molly wendy and jane Right. 
<laughs> yeah, so the idea is that Peter and Molly were actually the same age before he stopped aging, and they knew each other before he was like Peter Pan, basically. Um, and there's this one particular um, like passage that really got me as a kid. Like Peter and Molly were like sort of infatuated with each other, but she was being set up to marry George, this other who's at their um Wendy's father. Um, yeah. And throughout the entire book, they keep alluding to the fact that um, like Peter and Molly were th the same height. And then after he stopped aging and a bunch of time had passed, they're standing next to each other again. And they just like mention the fact that he's now shorter than her and she's grown. And like for some reason that always like really stuck with me, just that little it's as an adult, it sounds kind of like cheesy. No, but it's a visceral kind of, ex, you know, exemplification of this age difference of the, the way one character is continuing to change and the other isn't. And it's, it's way more physical uh, than anything else. And I can see why that would have an impact. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I think I cried when I read this as a kid. <laughs> this is one of the few books that like, made me cry. Really like this story. Um, I definitely think it's written for kid, like younger kids, though, like middle age. It, it's definitely not Wait, something that middle age. Uh, sorry, you know what I meant. Middle grade. Middle, middle, middle grade. <laughs> middle this is for kids, like you know, middle age. Yeah, like a, right. a midlife crisis. You know, you get, right. <laughs> your second childhood starts in you know thirty five or forty. And, uh... But yeah, um, I mean, I I, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I think I tried to read it when I was like in the fourth grade because I found it at. Scholastic Book Fair. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I remember I think that's those. exactly where I got it, by the way. Yeah, I think it was too old for me in the fourth grade. And I was just like, nope, I'm bored. <laughs> um, I, 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 I can't confirm this either because it's been so many years, but it's possible that it was also kind of written more for like boys in a way, you know? Oh, that's... I don't that know does if that not, would be an issue. That does not matter for me. No? Okay. That's I fair. read Air. My, Aragon was one of my favorite books as a kid. Were those kind of written for boys? Do you think, or yes? Yeah, I it never was read written them, by right? a. Uh, it was written by a fifteen-year-old boy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was wow. seventeen, but yeah, some, I'm sure you're right. He was fifteen. He started writing it when he was fifteen, and then sure. his parents helped him publish it at seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yes, Aragon has its issues, but it's one of my favorite books. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, that doesn't really matter to me. It was just, I think the beginning's really slow, and me being a hyper-attic hyper, hyper eight-year-old was like, nope. I will admit it is slow, and like, I think, because it's like a, I think it's like a five-book series, and like, I mean, it, I, it takes till the end of the book for him to literally become Peter Pan, like the first book, yeah. so. No, it's, it's um, all, you know, origin story. Right, right. That's what I remember from the, from the play, which I did quite enjoy. If it, if it was too old for me, this is the second book that I tried to read that I will never read again because I tried to read it, it was too old because I also tried to read War of the Worlds when I was eight. Oy, oh Rachel. <laughs> um, that was way too old for me. It had a pretty cover and I liked the concept of H.G. Wells. I didn't know anything about H.G. Wells, but it was a cool name. <laughs> yeah, I tried Moby Dick in sixth grade. <laughs> oh my God, guys. I read Hunger Games in the fifth grade. Um, because I found it at Walmart. <laughs> no, it just I... came out. It just yeah, came out. No. Yeah. Hey, you're, you only like, you're like two years older than me. Also, your internet is dying. Will she come back? Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Anyways, he came back. Uh, did you just call me a bitch? Who? No. No, I said the, I sang the no. It's the cat came back. The Katie came back. The very it's the cat. Uh oh. I think she's. I think she's gone again. I think she's mad at you. That's what it is. She didn't hear my perfectly valid explanation, and now just thinks I've called her a bitch. Uh, she's oh, getting no. Doug to break up with you, Peter. Oh no, but his perfect ass. 
I also need to stop reading books that are also in the middle of series. I've done that a few yeah. times. Children's yeah, books need start to... at the beginning. It's just children's books have a terrible advertisement. They don't put like one on them sides. That's that's why you use the internet. You say this looks interesting, but is it a series? It I might don't, be a series. I don't do that anymore. But I read the kid. Up. Oh no. Oh, Katie Cates. You can't yeah. even chase. Hello. Am I here? Now yes? you are. Okay. Sing us, a, sing us a song. The bitch came back. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. That, those are not the words to that are song. Are you sure? It's it the was. cat came back. So could you guys hear me at all for the last like minute? No. No. Oh my god, because I was totally like talking and then all of a sudden we're talking about something else and I was so confused. Yeah, yeah, no, we were waiting for you, but it sounds like you're back. Yes. So now so now you're gonna talk about your book. Oh. Okay. I mean, what did Dick read? You want me to repeat? I read Peter and the Starcatchers by Dave Barry and Ridley Pierce. There you go. (laughs) okay so i have read the sea witch by sarah henning never never by brianna r shrum the last witch by sapkowski uh killing me kill me softly by sarah cross ella enchanted that was a long time ago though by gail carson levine cinder the whole series by marissa meyer mayor Mm. i don't know the Girl in the Steel Corset with, by Katie Cross, which is basically the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, slightly gender-bent, with um, teenage characters set in a steampunk setting. And then Henrietta and Eleanor, which is Jekyll and Hyde again, but gender-bent. And modern Britain. So, but for today, I wrote... I wrote... No, I didn't read... I didn't write shit. Um, I read... Beauty by Robin McKinley. And are you guys still there? Yes. We are. Okay. We are. Oh my I, under- just- I understand why you might be curious. <laughs> I presume you're on a great beauty. Run. Yeah, yeah. No, you just had a lot to say. I presume beauty is a Beauty and the Beast. It thing. sure is. Yeah. Is it so like, it's set- what is, is it like? Did they make a movie of it recently? Oh, not recently. Didn't they make a movie of it? Uh, maybe, but probably not this. I don't know. I don't really keep up on movies. But this book is kind of old. I'm not sure when it's from. But it's set in, like, England at some period of time. Like, and it's... Hold on. It's by Robin McKinley, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's basically exactly like Beauty and the Beast, you know, but the or the beginning of it is like they're a wealthy merchant family, but then their ships get smushed and now they can't afford their city life. So they have to move. So then they move out into the country and they're just they were told by you know all the locals like, hey. Don't go in the forest. You guys are on the edge of this forest. Don't go that way. Shit's scary. The end. Stay away. But then eventually the dad gets lost in the woods and he comes back later and he's like old and gray and he's like, oh, there's a beast in the woods. I was in his castle and I have to go back to him in a month with either someone who willingly comes with me or I just have to go by myself and stay there forever. Um, so it's it is pretty much exactly like Beauty and the Beast, otherwise, but um, Beauty actually that's that's her nickname. Her real name is Honor, but as a kid she was like, "Well, I don't want to be honorable. I want I'd rather have Beauty." So that was her nickname, and that's kind of cute. But then when she, she keeps making all of these, like, Greek mythology references because she's so learned. And that got kind of old quickly. 
Because it's just like, oh yeah, it was like, like crossing the river Styx. Just oh, how Pygmalion the... of you. Yeah. Oh, Persephone, whatever. I don't know. It was, it was kind of like, eh, beat us over the head with it. But otherwise, it was very cute. And, you know, there, there was no guest on. The villain of the story was time itself. Sorry, spoiler. Because, you know, she's taken away from her family and she goes to visit because the beast can deny her nothing. And so she leaves, but he says, but you have to come back because I can't live without you, which, you know, I kind of skipped a lot, but that's fine. <laughs> it makes sense in the story. But then she, like, loses track of time and... She has to hurry back because he can't live without her. He, like, is literally dying. What? Did yeah. not see that coming. Yeah. I mean, he told her straight up, but she's just like, nah, man. I um, think that's figurative language. Goodbye. I lost my sundial. <laughs> yeah. Only there was a giant glowy thing in the sky that I could use. <laughs> I really didn't do this book justice. It was cute, but I don't know. It was kind of plain at the same time. Yeah. Oh, but there is a really nice, the library scene. Cause you know, we have to have that yeah. where she, she goes into the library and she's like, what are all these books? I can't believe there's so many books in the world. And the beast just goes, well, honestly, most of these haven't even been written yet. So then they, you know, make references to things that haven't, you know, you know, that are older. Like, um, they made a couple Robert Browning references. Um, I don't know, just like old classics that I kind of think they were trying to, at the, um, while telling the story, get kids interested in these other things. If you like this book, you might also enjoy Robert Browning, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never read a classic in full. I've read, like, the kid-lit classics. As in, like, it takes the classics and cuts out Gets the boring it. parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never yeah, mind. No, no I, read, I read Treasure Island, but I didn't really read Treasure Island. Well, Treasure Island is fun, though. I read yeah. The Three Musketeers. Uh. I tried to read that once. One of my friends loves that book. Yeah. And another oh. of your friends hates that book. Is it Peter? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. No. No, it was, oh. it was cool. I liked it. Okay. Have I read another classic other than Treasure Island? Probably. I don't know your life. Tale of Two Cities. I don't know you. I don't. I had to read this Pearl. Nope. I watched the movie for Last Mohicans. Read any Mark Twain? Oh, uh, yeah, I read Huckleberry Finn. There you go. There you go. Two, two classics. Ah, ah, ah. Mark Twain's a big thing in Connecticut, by the way, guys. Back where I'm from. There's the uh, Mark he lived there, so there's like a Mark Twain museum. You go see his house and stuff. They do haunted tours. It's real big. I read, I read that Vietnam book. Uh, I did uh, read the Scarlet. Oh, are we at? No, the other one. Oh. Uh, the things that carried. Oh. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, I also read The Scarlet Letter. Yeah. And The Crucible. Mm. I, I had to play an old woman in The Crucible. Uh, there is nothing I hate more than Puritan setting. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you like those books? What about uh, Nazis, Nick? Don't you hate Nazis more than Puritan settings? That's tough. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the crystal because it was kind of fun to play doing in class, even though I had terrible role. It'd probably be as more fun as a play, I think, than than as a book. The, the crystal is a right, right. The crystal yeah. is a play. I read it. I read it in school as well, but we read it. We didn't act it out. We just read it. I mean, we didn't act it out either, but it was like people had roles and shit like that. Um. All right, you knickknacks. We also watched the movie that ha was with it. 
good night or something. Good night and good luck. Anyway, sorry. I I have to have dinner soon, so I'm going to tell you all about my books. Hell yeah, Peter, do it. That's oh, right. I... But first, Go. Katie, what did you read again? What was it? Just a name. Beauty by Robin McKinley. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So mine can be, at least my initial book can be pretty quick because we've talked about it on this podcast before. That's uh, cheating. It's not cheating because I make the rules. So <laughs> uh, shove Are it. you Rachel now? I am Rachel. I've always been Rachel all along. Wahaha. I thought you were backup Katie. Oh, I am. But, but I'm secretly Rachel, but publicly backup Katie. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, um, which you may recognize because we've talked about it before. Um, it Dan is, did it. yes, Dan did it because he's a big old Novik fan. Um, Though he and, hasn't read her large, longest series, I have. <laughs> I cannot help that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But I, maybe I will go whisper secrets into his beard and they will inspire him. Um, so that sounds hot. <laughs> so regardless, it was a really good book, um, a really good, very character-driven take on two, maybe three um, uh, fairy tales that we all know and love. Uh, one being Rumpelstiltskin, and one being um, the Thousand and One Tales. Uh, uh, at least I thought so. I'm vaguely remembering or misremembering it now. Anyway, you know, it follows three great women heroes um, while they're doing their very best to to survive in a... I think, uh, it's, also, I think it's also Jewish representation in... Yes, in absolutely. Yeah, and I was, I was getting there. They try to survive in a racist and misogynist world. Um that also has fey folk who are disdainfully kidnapping people, kind of. Um, and it's really strong on the, the, the self-worth of every individual character in that book, um, uh, and particularly the, the Jewish main character. I thought it was all done really, really well, really enjoyed it. But as I said, we've heard about it before, so I am going to drop a few words about another book that I like, or series that I like, um, that isn't exactly retold fairy tales, but it, I, it, the theme made me think of it because it is legends. It's told in a very mythic, legendary, or or fairy tale like fashion. Um, and these are the tales from the flat earth, which did not have the connotation that it might have to that it might have today with stupid people um when it was written in the 70s and 80s um but the tales from the flat earth by tanith lee um which uh, i i personally i have a collection that like one book that's an omnibus so it's all of these but it collects knight's master and death's master and i guess delusions master and a couple of others but it's um Basically, it is these these world-spanning legends or myths or or tales of uh, of these very powerful like embodiments of of this isn't doing it justice, but embodiments of like night or death or whatever. Um, and it's you know the story of when death falls in love with a young man and then tries to do everything they can to you know romance them and and the trials that come of that and it's like i said it's very mythic um you know people solve problems you know in ways that you wouldn't have expected because that's just how the world works just like uh you know, you give bread to somebody in the forest and it's someone who gives you three wishes. Well, that, oh, like if that happened in 
a lot of books, it would feel really out of place and strange, but in a fairy tale or in these stories, it just makes sense and it works. Um, I don't think I'd be the first person to say that I think the author really was enamored of uh, the the main characters or the main figures, the mythic figures in her first couple stories more than the later ones, because I found the first ones really deeply engaging and the later ones were seemed a little more planned. a little more like yeah planned maybe is a good way to put it a little more like they felt like they had to be there you know like well okay i guess time to time to fill out details on this next you know embodiment that i uh that i had in mind um but, i mean yeah. i said bland, I, I said bland but planned oh, also bland. sure um <laughs> Well, whatever it was you said, I heard something that helped me say more words. So thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, which you've heard of before, but is an excellent modern, modern retelling of Rumpelstiltskin and a couple other kind of tales. Um, and the tales from the Flat Earth, or Knight's Master and Death's Master and other masters, um, by Tanith Lee, and those are just those were really enthralling. I think I read them about a decade, a decade and a half ago. Yeah, um, I really want to read Uprooted uh, by Novik. I think I'm going to read it, get to read it this year too. But cool, cool, book, cool. Which I think is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Um, seems to be I, a seems to be a thing Novik likes. So I and I you know I really enjoyed Spinning Silver. So I will probably hunt down more by her. If we do Spinning Silver for this pod, not Spinning well, Uprooted by this podcast, we'll do every one of her series. Oh no, she wrote a new series. Uh, stop writing books. No, stop! Yeah, don't don't give her that bad. Advice. If you're listening to this podcast about books, stop writing books. She also don't, read no. She also read, uh, wrote Deadly Education recently, mm. which apparently is okay. Because um, I did the Tamer series by her, which I enjoyed. The last few books were kind of bland, though. <laughs> well, hello. Yeah, do we have what? anything else to say about um, fairy, tales? fairy tales? What's our moral of this podcast since we're doing fairy tales? Oh man! Um, Don't listen to us. No. The moral of the story is, Katie shouldn't think I called her a bitch. <laughs> moral of the story is, don't call me a bitch. Well, I Ooh. didn't. <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is, keep reading. Yeah. What a fucking <laughs> that ending! That was good. That was fucking good, guys. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but wait. It's, it's, we haven't done the outro, so it's an yeah. No, yeah. We're, we should cut it there. That was beautiful. Yeah. Was we, beautiful. Don't, we don't need anyone to know who we are this time. You guys, yeah. I was going to sponsor the podcast. Do you want me to? Nick, move that part to the end. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to sponsor the podcast? What do you mean? She has a bookstore. Oh, you want to sponsor the podcast with your bookstore? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do I'll it. I'll give you like 15 cents each. Deal. Okay. <laughs> I I would like my fifteen cents to go to a local animal shelter. Thank you. Um, local like for who? You. You. Okay, I've got one. I would like mine go to cancer research. Since I just like got mine in cash, please. But only local <laughs> cancer research. I considering I just got genetic testing, so yes. Oh. Anyway, uh, so you want to sing us out, Rachel? Yes, uh, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. Uh, we'll be again back next month with, uh, uh, we're not really having a theme, we're just uh, talking about books by Indigenous authors. Well, we're talking about books written by Indigenous authors. We're not, we don't, you know what, I'll end it there. <laughs> uh, I've been Rachel. You can find me at Argent Rabe, most likely everywhere. Uh, I don't really t talk on Twitter, but you can find me there. Uh, with me is Katie. It's me. You can find me on Twitter at Shimmy Books, where I tweet if I remember I have it. Or, dun dun dun, dun you guys can also 
go to griffinsroostbt.com where I have started a bookstore. Yay. Yay. Um, and I've got a, a code for 15% off with launch15. L-A-U-N-C-H-1-5. And that's going until I remember to take it off. Nope. Awesome. Live your dreams, kids. <laughs> not your nightmares. You can live those too. I'm not going to judge. You do you. I'm judging. Not me on Katie's website looking at the books. <laughs> yeah, I'm also looking at the website. <laughs> I was quit creeping. Oh my God. <laughs> You, Listen, you just, you just told I mean, us about it. What's hey, the... everybody, go to my website. No, you guys, this is embarrassing. 7,000 clams. What a nice website. That's a book. I think it's I like really a like mobster book. Anyways, thank you. <laughs> Nick, Nick, go. <laughs> do your outro. I'm Nick. I go. I do my outro. <laughs> you can uh, find other shenanigans on too many thoughts media.com where uh i don't know we just do a lot of shit we got a youtube now check that out where uh nico from the other shows is putting out a lot of content there so give that a listen if you like and peter what outro your thing do your outro my name's peter schaefer my name's peter schaefer i uh tweet kind of uh, at Shoeless Pete, and uh, you can go to shoelesspetegames.com and buy my game. I made a role playing game, I think it's pretty all right. Uh, Kickstarter wrapped up, and there will be actual physical copies of this book in like the next month or so. So, uh, you know, you can go to my website and see what's going on there, um, or go to griffinsroostbt.com and buy Codename Lease, the true story of the woman who became World War II's most highly decorated spy by Larry Loftus. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> You're welcome. By the way, that's Griffin with an I. G-R-I-F-F-I-N-S Roos B-T. The normal way to... Yeah. The link will be in the description. Oh, that seems smarter than me just spelling things. I mean, I've been thinking about spelling everything that everyone says all the time, but that just seems really hard. Anyway, I'm done talking now, and I'm going to go have dinner. Yep. Anyways, so the moral of the story has been, keep reading.